Welcome to the third edition of this podcast. It's just a few betting thoughts from myself and one of the most profitable bettors on betmma.tips. It's Gugabe. So, what's up? Yep. Oh, shit. I'm all good. I'm early in the morning over here. Um, yeah. Interesting card. Yeah. Uh, what was the last card? Oh, it was Connor versus um, Gabe, wasn't it? That was interesting, yeah, too. That was fairly fun. I like, that's that one's been... Uh, Tread and retread over the last few weeks. Uh, I mean, we can go through it quickly if you want. Uh, definitely need to recap. I get bueno what happened there. Yeah, that's true. I love how they um, snuck an extra fight onto the card at the end and really <laughs> gave more value for money. Yeah, that was, uh, that was fun. It was yeah. Connor in a handicap match versus everyone. Yep. Also, um, Derek Lewis, um, heavyweight champion, twenty eighteen. Oh yeah, I've I've unir- I'm unironically betting on Derek Lewis. KO. Same here. Yeah, because the line's gonna be great, and I rewatched the Volkov fight, and if he can take, he can take getting laid on for a few minutes, a lot of minutes, in fact. <laughs> yep. I just uh, don't like how DC closes distance. I just it's, think he, he just kind of put... Honestly, all the AKA, AKA guys have shit boxing defense. That's something yeah, I've realized. It's, it's really the biggest problem when, like, DC, he's been able to rely on, like, having a really, really good chin and just being able to truck through anything that his opponent throws. And then... It's, exactly. I mean, he got knocked out by John Jones, which hasn't happened since, what, Chael P? So there's... If that's declining, then I give... Um, Lewis a pretty decent shot at this one. Yeah. Also, like, you know, DC's, been, as I keep saying, DC's been hurt, what, four out of his last eight fights? <laughs> he gets hurt sure. badly a lot. It was like five out of his last seven last time I saw it. It was like fucking yeah. both long mean, fights. The Gustafsson fight, the Jones fight, and the, um, the silver to the body. Yeah. So, so uh, he recovers well, even then. <laughs> It's still not a good yeah. thing to be doing. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about chin and recovery, he still has it. If you're talking about defense, he no longer has that at all. At any, well, he, I don't think he ever had it. Well, even Balkan, Uzdemir fucking landed on him, and Uzdemir is um. <laughs> well, Uzdemir. Uzdemir is the number one ranked light heavyweight according to fucking Tapology. What the fuck? Really? <laughs> oh, uh, some... yeah, because uh, um, they they're not ranking DC. Yeah, but it's one hundred percent Gustafsson. I'm just saying, I'm just like, this is the topology um, ranking thing. Fuck, Vulcan wouldn't have been my top five. I mean, skill law, okay, I don't know about that because it's light heavyweight. Well, but... Bader, oh, Bader and Davis. Oh, true, true, true. Or, Yeah, Bader, yeah would... Bader would do unspeakable things to Vulcan. But... Yeah. Well, but... Bader could be knocked out randomly because that's what fucking Ryan Bader does, but... <laughs> I mean, Vulcan's not exactly Machida. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he is Tito Ortiz. Oh shit! <laughs> every, every, I forget about that every time. That one kills me. I watched that one like uh, I just remember watching that. It was, it was such a satisfying moment. I mean, I like Vader, but Vader's one of those guys that you kind of have to respect for the hustle because before he was just like he wasn't horrible, but he was just mediocre in every way. And now I think he's like behind Cormier and Gustafson in the light heavyweight lineup, and Jones obviously if he comes back. The man's yeah. turn legit light heavyweight guy. He'll be definite top five in the UFC. 
Mm. Yeah. Um, mm. Also, yeah, I mean, what Volca I'd put Volcan under Gustafsson, Blackowicz, um, Latifi, Davis, Corey Anderson, probably Dominic Reyes, to be honest. The one mutual opponent they have, Reyes killed, and Ozdemir kind of scraped by. So. Exactly. Or if I can, I always pay one that fight, in my opinion. Yeah, it was it was a bad decision. Yeah. But I actually think this, uh, and sort of looking ahead here, I actually think Smith is fairly similar to OSP in the sense that neither is uh, very good athleticism. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm on Smith to win this, but just because he's an underdog, not because he's any good. I just think that it's Ozdemir versus Smith is a battle of two gigantic question marks. But there's slightly, I can trust Smith's chin and chin and cardio more. And shitty light heavyweight, I'll take Jin and Cardio. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I think Smith is not worse than the average light heavyweight, just because you can't get much worse than the average light heavyweight. But yep. not like I've seen enough of Vulcan, like at distance, to know that he has a decent grasp on what distance kickboxing entails, right? Like against DC, yep. he drew the lean of DC and cracked him with a left hook each time. That's like, that's not fight IQ necessarily, it's just knowing what to do at distance, and I don't think I can trust Smith to do that. Yep. But, uh, so we've already started at the top of the card, so we might as well go down, but for that, just um, so the odds on Ozdemir Smith are, Ozdemir is a pretty slight favorite at, well not that slight, but decent favorite at minus 170, and Anthony Smith is an underdog at plus 150. The line, uh, it hasn't moved a ton because Smith at plus 169 is at plus 148. So net narrowing. It waggled a, it waggled a bit yesterday, didn't it? I remember, that? That. it waggled around a bit yesterday. I remember that. Because um, yeah. Smith, clo Smith closed for about a day and rebounded. <laughs> yeah, he was at, uh, let's see. Yeah, he was down to plus 142 at some point, and he went back up to plus 148. There's been some weird line movement on this card, actually. Yeah. But it's, yeah, overall, it's a weird card in the sense that there are a ton of mismatches, and it seems like they just threw everyone that they didn't really want on any other card onto this card. Yep. And it still ended up with some pretty dank fighters, in my opinion. Yeah, it's not a bad card. Yeah. There's stuff, there's stuff I wouldn't mind seeing on it. I honestly thought it was a Germany card. It's like the, I just look. I thought it was a Europe card, based oh, on the um, that <laughs> like Germany, based on the lineup. That Germany card was offensive to me. I know, but I just like looking at looking at the people actually fighting on it. it would make sense as a European card, kind of, because there's a bunch of Europeans. I mean, yeah, you've got fish. Gold, <laughs> yeah, you've got well, looking certain. Yeah, yeah well, Uzdemir. Yeah, Uzdemir, Lobov, I guess. Yeah. Draw, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, when I saw Monkton, I was like, is Monkton somewhere in fucking Poland or something? <laughs> I I didn't even know Monkton. Oh, okay. I, I think anybody knows Monkton exists outside of Monkton. <laughs> I looked up how to pronounce this. Apparently, it's Monkton. So yeah. I, Monkton existed until I heard that the UFC was having a card in Monkton. True. It's, oh, I it's poison again. It's how those things are. Like, do you know where Adelaide is? I'm guessing not. Uh, it's in Australia. <laughs> yep. Australia is a big place, though. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's like, we're Chicago in the US. Yeah. Pretty in much. North America. 
but yeah, no, but uh, all right, so we've already gone uh, to the top one, so let's go to the next one with my boy fighting again if, for the second time in a few months, Michael Johnson fighting, of course, and of course, I mean the goat from Jurassic Park, Artem Lobov. Well, these have possibly two of the best records in um, <laughs> high level UFC. Yeah, it's DC Jones esque. I know. Um, <laughs> Michael Johnson should take this easily, but I just have this weird feeling that Johnson takes the first round easily, gasses a little bit, Lobov just keeps uh, kind of pushing forward on him. Johnson gasses a lot more, starts getting gun shy. And gives up 29 28. I've just got this weird thing that would legitimately depress me. That would, <laughs> but you can see it happening, can't you? Uh, sh- oh my god, yeah, I can. And I can also see myself cutting myself after that. Fight. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I mean, I like Johnson, but he's dead to me after the Elkins fight. Yeah, the Elkins <laughs> fight, jeez. And like, there's a point where I, I was so close to pitching on NJ if you uh, lost the Philly fight. But you got to stick with the boys. Like, you know, if John Gunther got screwed by someone, you you can't just leave. But, um, yeah, it should be a fairly easy Johnson decision. Pretty much. I mean, I don't... How many... Actually, Philly dropped them. Philly almost stopped them first, remember? Yeah, with a head kick, but... yeah. Not much of a hitter anyway. Yeah, but head, it's a nice head kick, though. Yeah, I mean, head kick, like, you don't have to be that big a hitter. <laughs> yeah, but if Philly was a real hitter when it came to the head kicks, like, if Philly had landed the head kick and, like, Neil landed on Camacho, that would have been a fucking murder. Sure, yeah. Like, Philly, his head kicks are more, like, just sort of distractions that just happen to land perfectly, you know? Yeah, true. Um, yeah, I remember that fight. I remember Philly was like 1.7 against fucking so Lobov there, and I was just that was a big bet for me. It was <laughs> it was way too close. Yeah, I was on Philly there. Like I didn't, I don't really rate Philly. If I remember correctly, I think that was for the fucking Cater fight. Yeah. Yeah, and you know Cater, who is also great. Uh, it was you know it was a weird yeah. weird line because Philly he's decent, but he's not great. And even decent is great compared to Artem Lobov. And of course, now that I've said that, he's going to beat Michael Johnson into a living death. So we all know what's going to happen for Lobov by depressing twenty nine twenty eight. Johnson via first round KO bet the house. No, I wouldn't bet anything close to the house on Johnson. I have like two units on him, and you know, yep. sweating bullets. But uh, moving on to Misha Serkunov, who is minus. 460 against Patrick Cousins, 365. Who the fuck is the... Who is the person who is buying fucking Circle of Minus 460? I just want to know. What, what do they do for a living? How do they exist? I mean... Yeah, like, it was at... My, okay. It went up to minus 450 at one point. Yeah. Or, and then some dude better back on the fucking minus 452. Yeah, I mean... I thought I've got a bunch of money on Cummins because I was expecting line movement so I can get it. I could fucking ca- cash out for profit. Now I'm so stuck at Nomad's Lab. I'm going, who the fuck is buying, paying this money for Serkinov? I mean, like, Serkinov looks good. He, you know, he, when he's on, I mean, he arguably he hasn't really lost. He's only really lost what fucking like 
He's 30 seconds of his UFC career. Yeah. He's looking good till he's not. I mean, I would say he's... He didn't look all that good against Glover, and even if he did, it doesn't mean a ton, because Glover looked absolutely horrible against Corey Anderson. But... True. Like... Cummings is just a really, really awkward fight for Serkunov, like, in pretty much every way. Yeah. It's, like, it's a grapple, no wrestling, against a wrestler who can take a shot. It's not hard to see who's a little bit favored there. And it's not yeah. who's currently at minus 460. Yep. And also, like, people, I think particularly with books, don't really understand what, how jiu-jitsu works. They look at Mission Serkinov and go, oh, he's got a, few, a bunch of submissions. But from memory, the Krylov one was Krylov um, being choked, diving into a guillotine choke while panic wrestling. Yeah. The Lava one was a tired Kurt Lava, and fucking who cares about subbing Alex Nicholson? Yeah, I mean, Alex Nicholson a highlight because he straight up snapped his neck or snapped his yeah. But it's he has he's tapped out two decent guys, but the Blahovich fight just showed that Krylov is horrible from the bottom. So it yeah. mean a ton at this point. So also like um what's his name? Cummins went three rounds of mostly grappling dominance on fucking Antonio Carlos Jr. Yeah, that's pretty goddamn impressive. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure Serkinov is not in the um, company of Antonio Carlos Jr., even if he's, mm-hmm. even if Antonio Carlos Jr. was a bit smaller. Yeah, I mean, it's, even if, like, even if we entertain the possibility that Serkinov is going, like, he's instant death on top, which isn't even true, even if we entertain that possibility, there is very little way that I see Serkinov dropping Cummins or taking Cummins down. Cummins is a D1 All-American which, I mean, I guess people wouldn't guess because he sort of just ambles forward and got out-wrestled pretty comprehensively by Anderson. But, yeah, he's a D1 All-American wrestler, and he can take a goddamn shot. John Vellante learned that. Yeah. So it's all around. I think, like, Cummins, I would pick Cummins at evens here, and he's at plus 365. I'd say come. I'd say Cummins. I think he. I put him about plus one fifty, because I th- I think that like he's going to absorb a lot of offense, and Serkinov's standing offense is actually solid. It's just that I feel like if Serkinov extends too far and gives up the takedown, then he'll just yeah. be Serkinov guy. And also, how the fuck can you trust Serkinov? What's that? Look at this last. How can you? How could you ever trust Serkinov? Look at his last two fights. <laughs> the let's see. Teixeira. Yeah, that was horrible. Teixeira was horrible. Maybe the eyes to me was. Well. I was re-watching that. I knew what was going to happen ahead of time, and I was re-watching it, and I was still I mean, like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> the Ozuna I generally don't put a lot of fucking ten-second knockouts, but that said, he looked like Derek Brunson. <laughs> I know, but also like this, the fact it was an arm punch like that. Like Ozuna had no weight in it. It was like weird calling it a fluke since it happened twice in a row, but that shit was a fluke. Yeah, I think I bet on Serkinov in that fight because I remember being going, "What the fuck, live?" <laughs> I didn't. I knew um, that Vulcan got the screw job over OSP, but I knew basically yeah. nothing else about him. And yep. Serkinov was a little bit hyped, so I just didn't even touch it. I remember Serkinov was a favorite there, right? He was. Yeah. A, He's yeah, a two sixty. Yeah. So I mean, it's. Uh, yeah, I don't think I bet on that one, but it was still weird as fuck. Uh, yeah, so 
I don't like even at Evans, I don't think I favor Serkinov just because Cummins has been taken out by like these athletic big hitters like DC and OSP, and I just wouldn't put and Lil Nog. What's that? And Lil Nog. Hmm. Let me see. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that happens. That's... Weird. That was just a thing that Lil Nog just sort of got, we, he sat down in the combo and just kept comboing on him. Well, and Lil Nog is good at that. Shit. Like most light heavyweights will just like throw two, two or three strikes. Fucking first round. I didn't even know that. Jesus Christ. But, yeah. Huh. That's what we watch it. See what the, uh, how the um, knockout, hap- knockout happened. Lil Nog just has these moments where he's timeless. Like, yes. Every other fight, he looks like total shit, like against Ryan Bader. And then he comes out against Sam Alvey and sparks him out, and it's just amazing. But, yeah. Uh, all right. Now to uh, Bantamweight Masvidal, Andre Sukumtat, and Jonathan Martinez, who is uh, concerningly, um, he's not small. that big of an underdog. He's a concerningly small underdog. I think people have realized that um, Andre Sukumtar could lose anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he has a special power just to lose fights. It's great. We've got two of those on the main card, don't we? Yep. It's and... just. You, you say it, it wouldn't. It's going to. It's not going to surprise me when it goes to a split decision. Put it that way. And Sukumtar will have uh, will have dominance for most of us. That will be a shit split decision all the same. He'll take the foot off the gas with like two twenty nine left of round two. He'll complain <laughs> yeah. on social media. Exactly. It's just it's like I mean I think Sukumtat if he came in and you know actually tried for the whole fight he should have a relatively easy task here from what I've seen of Martinez's striking and what I've seen of Martinez's opponents. Martinez seems to be mostly a submission guy. He's got a couple TKOs but not really special striking from what I've seen. And. Yep. Sukumtat is overall a really, like, not a really good striker, but an overall decent striker. The Perez fight showed that, and the Sanders counter was slick as fuck. So, yeah. I don't really see a reason to favor Martinez here if Sukumtat weren't, you know, dumb. Unfortunately, <laughs> this is live heavyweights at Bantamweights. It's the Walt Harris of Bantamweight. Yeah, like, on the. I remember when I was watching Sukumtava Sanders, people were underrated that fight. And I was like, these two could be top 20 bantamweights. Because, like, Sukumtava and Sanders had both, like, just thrown very winnable fights multiple times. Yeah, that's fair. But, like, on the other hand, I don't... I know, Sanders has since gone to shit. I'm just saying, like, at the time, I was like, these two actually could be on a decent streak. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Sanders beat the shit out of uh, Yuri Alcantara. Alcantara. The really close uh, fight he had against Patrick uh, Williams was a fight yeah. that he made, like, even past the loss to Yaya. The fact yeah. that he had a close fight with Patrick Williams is what really made me yeah. jump the Sanders train. Yeah, true. But that was after that, though. That was, that, that was coming into that. He just. Um, that's a weird knockout for a little knock over Cummins. I just watched it now. <laughs> Cummins just kind of dropped. Uh, you know, it's like every way people drop occasionally. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's the meaniest division. I know. Uh, it's heavyweights. I mean, Derek Lewis is going to be champion, so. No question. No question at all. 
the thing that annoys me is Derek Lewis becomes champion, or Tiger will also become champion. No, just because they're the same. They're the same phenomenon. Holloway is better than DC. Like, yeah, I, I know. Yeah. But the sport, the, the fucking the gods of MMA will say, "Fuck you! You're having Ortega champion," and he'll Thank he'll you. lose for four and a half four and a half rounds before pulling something out of his ass. Yeah, you've got the new meta of just random bullshit uh, bursts of offense that somehow work. Yep, that's that's the new sport. Honestly, I'm I'm just hoping for my dream scenario with Max Holloway pulling out in two weeks' notice. Darren Elkins takes a fight against Ortega and beats the shit out of him. <laughs> the, the, one time you, the one time you bet on Ortega and it just all goes to shit the same thing happened for me with Connor <laughs> the first Diaz fight I faded him every fight coming into that and I finally like wait Diaz is coming on six days notice and it's Nate Diaz he should lose this it was I would, I would love it if Darren Elkins did that Elkins has been booked against uh, Lamas and Lamas should he should destroy him, but it's Elkin, so it's going to be... You know what it's going to be. Yep. But moving on to... Okay. Do you want to talk about Ed Herman versus Jean Vellante? Because I wouldn't be opposed to just skipping every Jean Vellante fight from here to the end of time. I have no strong feeling. I, I, I don't dislike Jean Vellante. No, I, <laughs> I, think, I, I think he's really bad. He's a decent striker fly every way. He just doesn't have much urgency or nous. <laughs> he yeah, just... I had him against yeah. Alvy, and I felt he almost won. He almost beat Alvy. He should have beat Alvy. He, he was uh, one well, fucking hook away from beating Alvy. <laughs> yeah, but then you know that was a knockdown, right? Yeah, it was like the first round. He was he was like I was striking Alvy pretty confidently for most of that round. Then he gets fucking that one hook with like ten seconds left in the round. I was like, oh fuck. Yeah, but on the other hand, Ali was just spamming the same right hook, left straight over. So, like, if you're getting caught by that, you can't say I was constantly out striking him and then I got caught by a only fucking combination. <laughs> I mean, Jean Vellante, the problem that I generally seem to have with him is just that for his last few fights, he seems so reluctant to push an advantage. It's been, it's actually been painful to watch. Like, he has Weidman in his corner, right? And Weidman. Yeah. Probably the best pressure fighter since I don't even fucking know, like of middleweight in middleweight history, no. best pressure fighter. And the dude had Francis Marbajos on the fence for the entire fight and did literally nothing with it. Maybe dude, myself. The best pressure fighter in middleweight history is Derek Brunson. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, true. true. <laughs> that was a lot. There was a lot of pressure there. It's just there's no. There's no beating pressure. Dead. He goes forward. The man go mm -hmm. forward. The man yeah, so off with those hooks he's throwing. I bet um, Ed Herman, just because I believe in taking anybody at plus 200 or more against um, John Volante. Yeah. I but I'm not going to bet it, so no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mean, not going to watch it. <laughs> I'm just going to, you know, wait for it to happen. And... Yep. See if I won because I don't want to watch fight at all. It's horrible. Yep. Uh, Alex, Alex Garcia, Court McGee, and I don't know what to make of this because I haven't seen Court McGee fight in ages. Well, Court McGee has a winner over the middleweight champion, so he's going to move up and wait and fuck him up. 
<laughs> Could you imagine Court McGee versus Robert Whitaker right now? That would be hysterical. I still think the UFC is like booked like a champion squash match every so like um Fedor Zulazino style matchups at least once or twice a year. Just so we get to see the um, difference between the UFC champion and like <laughs> the random underhand scrub. Yeah. I think it would good. make them more popular. Book Robert Whitaker versus CM Punk. I don't see a punk. I think something like semi legit. Like just, you know, for a duo like imagine if like um uh, gave like Dillashaw fighting against like Sukumtar or something. Oh shit, that would be <laughs> disturbing. Exactly. But just like do it do it as like a sort of semi defense and do it to build hype. Because like if you put um if you did like a Connor card and you gave like two or three squash matches just underneath it, surely that'd be good for casuals. Oh, for sure. Maybe like sure. Dillashaw looks like a fucking insane, insane, you know, insane talent. Yeah, I mean, you just kind of pay the guys to, you know, not really lay down, but like actually try to make it a fight and just get absolutely squashed. Like, don't even pay show money. Just go out and be like, if like you don't or don't pay win money. Just be like go out and you put on a good show. I'll give you. Yep. Money. Uh, yeah, so I don't know who I favor in Garcia versus McGee. It's, uh, I feel like I favor Garcia just because there's a physicality advantage there. And McGee no. looked pretty bad. He took his first knockout loss to Ponzinibbio, and then he got soundly outpointed by Sean Strickland. So, and that's weird because Strickland is under McGee on this card. But... Yep. Uh, yeah, I think I'm leaning Garcia, but I wouldn't bet either. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, Garcia is a, um, well, put away. Court McGree lost to fucking Ben Saunders last year, which is not a good look. <laughs> and Alex Garcia is a connoisseur of throwing fights. Yeah, Alex Garcia is just weird. Like, I've seen, like, two of his fights, and... He's he got the cool pile knockout, and then he just got uh, fucking destroyed by uh, who was it? Tim Means was it Tim Means? He he won the first round against Means, and he just guessed out, which is what he usually does. Yeah, maybe thinking about maybe thinking about some other fight, but yeah, no, it's, it's oh, I think Strickland Strickland destroyed him. Oh, true, true, true. Strickland's only finish. Yeah. And like, I don't even think Strickland has any other finishes. Yeah, it was Strickland. Who, it was a fight before the pile fight. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Strickland only. F- Wait, no, Strickland has eight knockouts, but he has on the regionals. Who cares? He has one knockout win in the UFC. He has two finishes in the UFC. Have a Bubba McDaniel who sucked, and a tired Alex Garcia. Yeah, he just. I saw that finish. It was nuts. Just chased him no. out of the cage. Yeah. Um, move on to uh, my boy, Sean Strickland versus Nordane Taleb. Yeah, I've got Strickland here, but I don't know if I'd take him at like... Well, I'd probably take him at these odds. Minus 120, plus 100. I'm just hoping yeah. to widen soon, because Nordane Taleb, uh, he had a little bit, not that much publicity, but uh, hardcores are fond of him. I um I got on him I got on Strickland at one two two so plus one two two so I'm happy with that. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, because Talib um said you opened the favorite. Um, yeah, I've I've actually I'm probably going to get a hedge off it because I, I just feel like um I I like Strickland a lot, but he was going to beat Zaleski until Zaleski pulled out the fucking miracle spinning kick. I mean, for me, it's generally that like Strickland he's 
he's well schooled, he's tough, and he he's disciplined. And Taleb is yeah. just not that. That's. Each he's he's not that, and he committed to a leg lock against Claudio Silva for no goddamn reason, and it pissed me off. Yep. Like I didn't even bet on that fight, and it pissed me off. So. I can't trust Taleb to do that much against a guy that that pretty much lets no one he's facing into the fight. Nope. Uh, next is one of my boys, Nasrat Hakparast against the greatest of all time, T-Bod Goatee. Uh, greatest of all time. Yeah. Um, yeah, Nasrat should kick the shit out of him. I think the line's a bit I just I just dislike seeing lines that wide in MMA. I mean, this is one of those lines where I'd actually agree with like it look as bad as it looks because like Nasrat, he should have beaten Held in my opinion, and he beat the crazy. And yeah, he's worse Dick, than both. Yeah, but Dick Casey just kind of he just seemed to get discouraged there. Like yeah, once Nasrat got in his face and didn't go away, he just kind of was no longer interested. Well, I mean, yeah, but on the other hand, it's not like Tilo Guti is better than Dikisi, even discouraged Dikisi from Guti. He beat, he didn't beat, he lost to Sage Northcutt in a close fight that on first watch I thought he beat. I haven't rewatched it because I remember it being pretty bad, but nope. it's, uh, I just don't think Guti can even hang with Hack Parast. Yeah. I'm just not sure. I just don't necessarily write Nazareth's. Um win so far, I guess. I just like DKZ just, he's, he gets in his own head and, get, and gave up, kind of. And Marcin Held, I just, he's not really built for MMA success, Marcin Held. I mean... He's a Euro grapple about any particular, particularly good wrestling. That's the worst fucking archetype. <laughs> it is. I mean, I think... Nelson. Oh, shit. Yeah, Gunnar Nelson's the hero. He's been booked against uh, Alex Cowboy Oliveira, and that's going to be Pretty disturbing to watch, in my opinion. Cowboy could always just randomly lose. He could, but I don't like. I don't think he. If he, if there was a time for him to randomly lose, I feel like it would have been been against Petter Soli. That's where no one expected him to lose, and that's kind of Cowboy's... I put money on Petter Soli because I was expecting him to. I was expecting him to randomly collapse, but not Petter Soli. Um, actually, no, I'm confusing him with the um, guy who fought Vinet, who fought um, um, Zaleski on the same card. Oh, Ven- Vendermini, oh, Vendermini. Yeah, I put a little bit on Vendermini, and I actually, there's some value there, given that Vendermini had his back for a little bit. But exactly, I and mean, yeah, for plus 700. I put like I put like half a unit on that, and I don't really regret it, because like, I'll probably do it again. But overall, yeah, I'm favoring Hackparas pretty heavily here. Like, I I wouldn't cap it at this these sorts of odds. I don't generally cap fights at these sorts of odds. But I think yeah. justified, and it's a pretty rare case where it's justified. I think Nazarat's gonna, you know, kick the shit out of him. Uh, next is another, the third boy on this card, Calvin Cater against Chris Fishgold. Oh my god, his name screws me up every time. Chris Fishgold. I have a. I actually think I'm playing Chris. I'm playing Chris Fishgold here just because I don't really trust Cater off his back. Bruh, no. I mean, Cater, I don't I don't think Fishgold's a particularly good wrestler. And two guys in MMA with a good shot in the open, and I doubt Chris Fishgold is one of them. So I think yeah. 
his footwork is going to help him a lot here, and he's just going to box up Chris Fishgold to like a second round, third round finish. Yeah, no, yeah, fair. You know, I'm not. If if um, Fishgold gets stuck in the feet, I think that definitely happens. I was right. just. I don't... And also, yeah, it's a bit. It's a big um, left in competition for um, Fishgold. Yeah, I mean, have we seen Cater on the ground? No, we haven't. That's the thing. No, no, we haven't really seen him. But he's got. Um, yeah, that's what we just haven't really seen him on the ground, even on the regionals. Yeah. And it's weird because Moicano and Feely both have really good grappling. They just didn't give a shit about getting the what looked like a pure boxer on the ground. Yeah. It's... So that's uh, so just yeah, it's a question mark. And Fishgold's clearly a competent grappler. You might as well. Yeah, there's, there's a chance. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is that Cater has such a good jab that I doubt Fishgold is going to be able to get into an actual viable takedownable range. Because yeah. unless he just starts shooting low singles and Cater has fucking James Tony level takedown defense, it's yep. you're not going to get a takedown from all the way out from the end of the other guy's jab. Sure. I think if Cater can establish something early, he wins a pretty sound fight, but. You know, it's Fishgold's job to make it chaotic, I guess. Sure. I'd cap it at about where it is, but I'm not really sure. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's minus that. 270 plus 230. Yeah. Uh, All right, what's next? I have, like, done no tape study or anything for more Espinado. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, okay, what I saw on Twitter, someone said, was that uh, Bernardo is good at stalling inside guard and Morris is good at guard submissions. So, I I mean, pretty much everyone in WMMA is good at guard submissions because that's sort of the meta of women's MMA, including, you know, head and arm throws and initiating clinching liberally. So, I don't, like, if I had to pick a winner, it would be Morris based on that information alone, but this fight yeah. is not bettable for me. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, one after that, Madge versus Edwards. I actually like Madge here just because I'm not... How much depth of game has Edwards really shown? Yeah, Edwards at minus 485, minus 500. It's just not going to happen for me betting on someone this unproven at those odds. Yeah. Like, I made a bunch of money on him over against Tweedy, but even against Tweedy, I wasn't expecting him to just kill him on the first punch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless he turns out to be, like, better than anyone expected, I think... Yeah. Madge will give him a better fight than plus 385 indicates. Exactly, because Madge is a legit kickboxer by all accounts. I mean, he's not like high-level kickboxer, but he's, you know, he's had enough bouts. Yeah, he he can do some things well. I mean, like, I've looked up like two or three of his fights, and he doesn't like embarrass himself. And I think that's enough to like make it not worth minus 500 against, or yep. plus 400 against someone like yep. T, who we really know nothing about. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. Well, we don't. There's not much to know about either of them. It's just I feel like Madge has at least got the um, deeper um, experience on paper. Uh, yeah, I mean it's sort of weird because it the line started out at uh, plus two twenty five for T Edwards, and it. Oh, uh, that was it. Was line entry? It was line um, entry failure. Was it? Yeah, that's why everybody um things. Everyone slammed that. Yeah, pretty much. Shit, yeah. But... TNC guys always always fucking pabs anyway. Oh, the um odds on TNC guys are already cr always crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. I made some uh, I made some cash on Darren Stewart over uh, Charles Bird. <clears throat> yeah, that that wasn't uh, Charles Bird. I, I'd take Charles. I took Darren Stewart in that fight, and I'd take Charles Bird again at that price. I, I mean, I'd, I'd flip my bet. 
Yeah, Bird know. looked good against against um, Stewart. Then was something yeah, unconscious. He looked a lot faster, but you know, Stewart he has the power. Th- he has the power to change it at middleweight. He's like weirdly athletic for a low tier middleweight. Yep. Yeah. Sure. Stewart seems stuck in like fucking Groundhog Day of fighting Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series guys. He faced uh, Carl Robertson. He faced Julian Marquez. He took a short yeah. with uh, Eric Spicely. He faced Charles Bird. And now he's fighting uh, Edmund Shabazian, the um, the pupil of the um, of Ronda Rousey's. Oh, I thought that guy was lightweight. Harvard Iron. Yeah, I just know what. Yeah, I I think uh, Shabazian just overwhelmed his last opponent, so I'm expecting yeah. odds on that. He was when he was like 20 years old, wasn't he? Uh, I don't. I remember he was quite young because it was a whole thing. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I really don't. Uh, Rate Harvardian pupils enough to you know? Yeah, he's twenty. Yeah, he's twenty. Born in nineteen ninety-seven. Shit, that yeah. is nothing. But yeah, it's. I think I'd bet on Darren Stewart there just because he has the power advantage most likely, and Edwin and Edmund. I think there's reason enough to believe with his coach that he has some tactical issues, just because Edmund is always going to have tactical issues. But, I bet we'll probably see the first fighter born in the 2000s next year in the UFC. Hmm. I think about it, because you know, that, that'd be 18 years old. That's... Wait, what? That's 2018. Yeah. And... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it'd be plausible to see a, to see a 2000 born... Um, yeah, that's weird as shit. That's weird as shit, though. <laughs> I know, Macy Barber, Macy Barber from that same TNC card was born in 98. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. It's just really weird to see it's like born in 2001. Yeah, I know. And that's, that's Sergio just... Pettis was the first one born after the UFC was founded, if memory. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would expect that just because um, he was sort of brought up in a UFC shadow with Anthony Pettis. But and he got in super young, I believe, right? Yeah. But um, next fight, my countryman Arjun Buller versus Marcelo Gom, and is at minus two hundred going one seventy. I don't ask you a Canadian. Canadian. Oh no, he's <laughs> Indian. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Uh, He's been billed as an Indian dude, and you know, know. run with that because representation is so important in such yep. a in such a sport. Now, nah, but uh, you used to watch um, Super Fight League. No, nah, I didn't. Uh, why not? Super Fight League was the best. <laughs> I mean, I just you know don't watch a ton of things to be honest. Like it was the it was the it was the Indian UFC. Uh, uh you probably probably went about there was, there was like this whole meme promotion called Super Fight League. And I just had this, just it was just very poor level MMA. Yeah, I mean, I they had a bunch of money and promotion for it. Yeah, it's one of those things where like India doesn't really have much of an MMA culture. It's like just because you know the people there, they don't really yeah. there's anything more than barbarism, which I think is fair. It's a nation. Yeah, that's fair enough. Joe Brawley's, but yeah. let's see. So yeah, I favor Buller pretty soundly. 
in this one just because Gome lost to Timothy Johnson, and I think Buller's a better wrestler than Timothy Johnson. And I don't think Gome, I don't think Gome can make lightning happen twice. But Buller lost by Goga, by Omar Plata to Wixarek. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> that can happen. <laughs> I was on Wake's Wreck and I'm fine. I was just like, that was not what I expected. <laughs> it was nice, but that's definitely not what I expected. It's just weird as shit. Cause there's that's the second Omoplata in UFC history. And it happened from a heavyweight. No. Yeah. That's there's no way to expect that. Like I don't think you can even shit on Arjun Buller's like submission defense for that. Just no. Something totally out of left field. Look, in a few years, I will finally get back in shape, and I will join the UFC, and I'll go to Plata Roy Nelson for you, just to um, <laughs> even it out. Just... Actually, I wonder how many wins you'd actually need as a heavyweight against the UFC. Like, surely four or five, if I was willing to take like, if I was willing to yeah. take the Australian fight on short I notice. Mean, if you just eat everyone's lunch, uh, like get like first round knockouts or first round, yeah. stuff, it'll take like three or four. Like exactly. You get a call. Yeah, go fight in two Chisholm Night contenders or on um or go fight um who's the new uh, Chase Sherman on the uh, undercard and Oh god. Go fight this dude that's losing to everyone. <sighs> I'm still pissed off about Chase Sherman against Sakurai against uh, Sakurai? What's the last dude's name? Yeah, uh, Sakai. Augusto Sakai. Sakai, sorry. Yeah, um that wasn't even that wasn't that bad a eh? um I felt like Sherman was a value side there, fucking two for plus two fifty. I mean, it was fairly even. I just yeah, I wasn't Sherman on guessed. either guy. I know you were on Sherman. Yeah, I didn't really think that like Sherman would look that bad. He just has a habit of like losing, regardless yeah. of what he does. It's the weirdest thing. Well, it's annoying because like he usually has quite good heavyweight cardio for heavyweight. It's usually like well, it's pretty much his only attribute. <laughs> he's got shit defense, but he's got decent now offense, and he has good cardio. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of what one of the Coulter fight, if I remember correctly. Coulter gassed out fiercely, and he just was able to keep pouring on the pressure. No, he just kept leg-kicking Coulter. Well, it was a leg-kick thing, but it was also Coulter just not keep up the pace, because Sherman just marched him down at some points. Yep. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think... Um... Buller's going to have that much trouble with Gome as much as he had with Wicharek. Yep. Yep. You know, Gome probably won't be able to get a fucking Omoplata. And I feel like Gome is still, well, I mean, obviously Gome's a cardio liability after his last one because, you know, Johnson held him against the fence for uh, a round and he just gassed out fiercely and couldn't get anything have done. You ever, have you ever been held against a fence by a person who looks like Timothy Johnson? I mean, if you're at heavyweight, a fairly regular occurrence, am I right? I know, but it's, it takes a lot out of you, trust me. You're training with other heavyweights. If you're supposed to, like, you're still a cardio liability if you're in with heavyweights and you can't last with heavyweights, right? Yeah, true. Well, it's the issue of heavyweight, honestly, a lot of these guys won't be training with other, like, real heavyweights because there's only so many in the world. Yeah, like, true. from a jiu-jitsu point of view, if I want to go to fucking, if I want to compete in tournaments in jiu-jitsu, I'm at, like, the big person gym of our state, but there just isn't really anybody who's over 130 kilos. I mean, that's fair. But on the other hand, if you're, like, actually in the UFC, I would think you would go and seek that stuff out. Yeah, true. But heavyweight is, is as heavyweight does. And, like, you can't really expect heavyweights to be that good this fair. Like, there's, like, 
There's been like there are like which on the U in the UFC. There's DC, there's Stipe, and there's Blades. Past that, you can't yeah. get anything from any of them. Yeah. Well, well he used to be. Well, what what Dame used to be? He used to be a decent boy. Oh yeah. Now he he's be, not. But... <laughs> yeah, the Vulcan fight kind of ruined exists. him. Uh, I think it was Volker. I felt I, uh, the Stepe fight was one of them. I was kind of going, "What the fuck are you doing, mate?" Oh, Verdun's always done that. Like against yeah, Travis. particularly there. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and like <laughs> Travis Brown just couldn't punish him for anything that he did because Travis Brown is one of the well, not one of the really bad heavyweights, but he turned really bad by the time, like the Olenek fight. Yeah. I mean, like really... Travis Brown could have could be doing a lot better because like he was he had winnable part. He, he had like a. He hurts um, Alainik and um, Lewis badly. Yeah, he was kicking the crap out of Lewis for like yeah. pretty much the entire fight until Lewis got like one shot flurried and got another shot. It was pretty much all Travis Brown at that point. Yeah, and just Lewis being Derek Lewis, really. <laughs> yeah, you know, he had to take a shit. Yeah. Derek Lewis, is, Derek Lewis is the fighter that we deserve. He's the size of champion that we deserve. We don't deserve Derek Lewis as champion. He's too good for us. Exactly. But yeah, I'm on Arjun Buller here, but just as a part of my parlay with um, Cater and Hack Parast. Yep. Uh, and of course, the final fight Justin Ayari versus Stevie Ray. And I know nothing about Ayari, I know a little bit about Stevie Ray. And I mean, I think the odds are about right. In the sense that Stevie Ray's on my Ayari's a plus one. But I don't know whether like I'm not betting on this one. I don't know why you would bet on this one. Yep. Stevie Ray is not bad, I guess, but he's not good enough for me to trust against anyone. Yeah, pretty much. Stevie Ray just mediocre too. Um he lost to Paul Felder, and Paul Felder is also mediocrity. So he's double mediocrity. I mean, I like Paul Felder. I like him. I just don't think he's very good. Stevie yeah. Ray did beat old Joe. Lo- did beat old Joe Lauzon, an old Ross person. Oh, I remember that. Why did they give Stevie Ray those two fights in a row? That's just—he's not not a real prospect. <laughs> I also seem to remember Stevie Ray. I think I scored the Lauzon fight as a draw. That's how I remember. Yeah, it was a split. It was for the yeah. Because Lozon sort of kicked the shit out of him for the first round with his grappling, and then yep. just ate it out because he has no cardio anymore. Yeah, essentially, what would have happened before it would have happened to a good marker before um, Lozon just lost that extra bit of cardio. Yeah, uh, quite a few people had it, had it as a draw because uh, as a uh, twenty eight twenty eight. It's just that yep. more people gave. Um... Okay, yeah, two judges scored a ten eight Lozon the first round. But they also round three, ten eight Ray. Yep. So that's just fucking weird to me. But you know. Well, that's just loud on these days. He fucking gasses hard. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can't really trust Lozon at this point. He used to be a decent win for some guys, but you know, he's like exciting to watch at some points. But when he gasses out, it's just really, really sad. When you get corner stopped against um, Roddy, what's his name? Um, Gutsmarker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was going Grootsmarker in that fight, but Grootsmarker sucks. Yeah, Grootsmarker got knocked out by uh, fucking Artem Lobov. That's not going to work. Exactly. And it was just, Lazon was just depressingly bad. 
Yeah, I mean, if you look at Lozon, he's on a three-fight skid. Should be four, five-fight skid if you count the Marcin Held fight. Because, you know, he... I don't remember that fight that much, but I remember it was really controversial. So if that had swayed the other way, Ben would be on a five-fight skid. Yeah. Because he got corner-stopped against Gritzemacher. He got fucking nuked by Clay Guida in a way that Clay Guida has taken out <laughs> one else before. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was. Like, I was like, great to win that, but that happened. That was just like, what <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> that, that just shit. That was just weird. Is, yeah. I mean, what was the last stoppage you got? I remember the. Well, let me just see. Because Clay Guida, I remember one stoppage over RDA because RDA in the middle of the fight, but I can't remember the other Clay Guida stoppages other than the Lozon fight. No idea was winning that fight. Just as Joe fucking exploded from memory. Yeah, but uh, let's see. Is he how many finishes does he have? He has the shitty Hioki decision. He has yeah. His last finish before that was at UFC 125 against Takanori Gumi. Yeah, he had three in a row. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> he, had three, he had three finishes in a row. <laughs> Shannon Googerty isn't really you know a feather in anyone's cap. I guess I don't really know anything about him. He could have been solid, but I don't. You know, think he's greater was minus four hundred five. I assume he's not that good. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's three finishes in a row for Guida is just weird. And yep. let's see, but yeah, Lozon's just fallen off a cliff, and it's really, really sad to watch. But you know, uh, Ray got the win, and now he's lost to Cajun Johnson. He's on a Two fights skid now, with the loss to Paul Felder and the loss to Cajun Johnson, which was pretty controversial. Although I think Cajun Johnson's pretty underrated. Yeah, I'd agree. And he got robbed in um, Russia. Yeah, that that one killed me. I hated that decision. Made literally no sense at all. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm on. The, the, Russia, the judging in Russia was fucked. It was just really bad. Yeah, there was... Uh, what else was there? Like, uh... That card annoyed me. And also fucking Hunt oh, managing yeah. to lose I mean, that fight. Yeah, the Hunt fight was annoying. I remember the uh, Kunchenko... Um, Thiago Alves judging was weird. And yep. There was probably something else shady, I remember. It was just... I think that... like. I don't think Russia has like judges that are corrupt. It's just that one decision is going to give it that reputation for the rest of time. Like sort of like how you get with Brazil. There's like one bad judge. There's like one bad call in every single card, but it's not any worse than it is in the U S it's just that people are like, it's in Brazil. So like Brazil sucks. True. Yeah. But Russia is like, it's the only card they've had and the Russians got a bunch of, that was all. Kunchenko had like, order thirty twenty seven against um, Alves somehow. <laughs> I I think that that was a fifty fifty split in my opinion. Yeah, I didn't think it was a thirty twenty seven type of fight. Kunchenko didn't do anything in the first round. Yeah, Kunchenko <laughs> looked really bad actually. I didn't think Kunchenko yeah. at all. Yeah, because like Kuchenko, I just remember Kunchenko just not doing much in the first round. Alves just like landed twice as much because Konchenko was not doing anything. Then, as Alves got tired, Konchenko took over. I mean, I remember even when Konchenko took over, he still didn't look that good. And yeah, it just looked like Alves was being depressingly gassed. 
Yeah, but I mean, even then, Alves did a decent job fighting. Um, Alves did a decent job against someone that was undefeated and supposed to be really, really good. And Michael yeah. has been booked against Yushin Okami. And, toss, and also the toss mob decision there. I remember, I remember giving Green at least one round. Uh, no, nah, I actually had that 27, believe it or not. Uh, no, fair enough. In my decisions got 50 50, sorry, 27. But Graham was, Graham was more in there. It wasn't this, It wasn't a complete shutout, get what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't a shutout, but I think a 30 27 was justified in the sense that, like, yeah. you could give Tysimov every single round. It just yeah. wouldn't accurately reflect how well Green ended up doing. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> uh, that's them Kavalov, that was hilarious. <laughs> that one, no. It's horrible. I hated that shit. But... Well, yep. <laughs> so it goes. And yeah. that's the end of the Moncton card. So I, I forgot the end versus Sun happened. That was a good fight. <laughs> What's Remember that? The, Korean dude? Yeah, the angry Korean dude versus Peter Yan. Oh, yeah. The dude, that, the Korean <laughs> smiling guy. dude. That guy, that guy was fun. Yeah. The guy with literally zero offense, zero defense, and just... T- he had offense. He had some takedowns, and he punched occasionally. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, zero really, really effective offense, pretty much zero defense, and just taking shots on the chin and smiling like a madman. I know. It was beautiful. Yeah. It's sort of weird, because it was, like, it was a really entertaining fight. I just wouldn't be able to call it, like, fight of the year or anything like that, because it was so one-sided. Honestly, I feel like this year hasn't been a huge fight of the year, sort of. There's not that many great contenders. Like, I mean, has, it hasn't been, like, a spectacular fight this year, in my opinion. I would take... I think Romero Whitaker 2 is a solid number one. Yeah. Romero Whitaker 2, Poirier Gaethje, and um, Cater Burgos are my top three. Um, would you have Barry Bokniak, um, Zabit? That was fun. <laughs> that was fun. I just feel like the competitive competitiveness yeah. of that was overstated, because Bokniak, yeah, true. Like, landed basically nothing. Zabit dictated basically the entire fight. So... Um, what else is there? I'm looking at Tabology's list. What's that? I forgot, I forgot Rose versus um, Jedra 6-2 happened this year. Oh, yeah, that was some good shit, though. That was, that was a good one. I don't think it was as entertaining as the uh, other three. No. But it was... I think it might be the best MMA fight ever. People have got Thiago Santos versus Anders in the top 20, 15 on Tapology. Why do people just, dislike Eric Anders? That was Santos just, just hitting a heavy bag for 15 him? minutes. Yeah. It Santos, was. Santos should have knocked him out like 15 times. Ferguson Pettis? Oh, that one was a, Man, I forgot about that one. Maybe because I was not. I might put that I on Cater uh, Burgos, to be honest. I am so pissed at Pettis for fucking because I had the fucking straddle of Pettis to Pettis to finish and Ferguson by decision because my logic was that Ferguson wouldn't be able to stop Pettis, so Pettis stops himself. <laughs> yeah, I had the same thing. I had Ferguson by decision. I had the Ferguson money line before I saw how good Ferguson by decision was, and then I had um... Pettis round one. You could get you could get fourteen. You could, it was like fourteen to one for Pettis round one. I was just like Ferguson's going to run into something here. <laughs> I mean, I just went uh, fight does the decision, hedge on yeah. Ferguson decision. Yeah. Because I mean, if and that's yeah, still, true. I can say that. It still paid off in the sense that the fight didn't go to decision, but I was it was annoying because I missed out on Ferg decision. Yeah. 
No, I was expecting, you know, I, 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 felt, I felt Pettis would have survived if he hadn't screwed Quentin's corner. He, he wouldn't have won the fight. He would have got mauled, but... And I'm pretty sure he the medical suspension the medical suspension didn't even show up a broken hand for Pettis. Yeah, I mean in the moment he's not he's not like the game pulled out an X-ray. I mean that's true. <laughs> to say my hand is fucked. I mean you have to wonder how much that was a mental thing, you know? Yeah, well, I think he was just tight. I think you know Pettis did what a boxing corner should be doing, and they 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 realized why Pettis is not going to win this fight. Well, yeah, but on the other hand, I sort of bet. <laughs> There'd be MMA corners. Exactly. Same thing happened to people I was on Grootsmarker. I think I bitch about this a lot. I had yeah. a um, middle of fight to start round three and under two and a half rounds. If it landed on either side, it would have been 50 bucks. If both happened, it would have been about $1,500. And I had the fucking, what, one of the only corner stoppages in the fucking sport. <laughs> if Lazo just... lasted one more second, I would have made like fucking. That's... I would have made several thousand dollars. I mean, sort of thing where, like, you can't be mad at them for doing their job, but you also have to be mad at them because this is the only time where they've done their job, so you can't really expect it. Yeah, it's wildly inconsistent. Yeah. But, yeah, looking forward to 230, which we'll probably do another one about. And there's a really good stretch of cards coming up. So it's, like, fucking eight in a row, and then a week break, and then 232. So fire all the way through. It surprised me that um, I know a guy's going for. Um, well, I, I think Oracle's going for bloody um, zombie to beat to beat Edgar. I just don't see it. Oh, I'm not touching that. I'm going Edgar all in. Yeah, I just what has zombie actually done in the last six years? <laughs> I feel like the injury against Aldo has done more for Zombie than anything else he's actually done in the UFC. Because even the Bermuda, Bermuda's fight, I felt like Bermuda's looked like he was out striking. Them ducked into a massive uppercut. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Bermuda's was... Bermuda's hurt him at one point. Yep. Zombie's hard to put away. But if if Zombie didn't get injured against Aldo, it would have been a yep. clear decision loss, and no one would have been like, oh, Zombie, you know, this was a great war cut short by an unfortunate injury. Because it wasn't. It was a schooling cut short by an injury. I and, remember Zombie made it more fun than most of the Aldo fights. Well, I mean, yeah, he didn't let Aldo cruise as much as Aldo would have liked to, but on the other yeah. hand, he still missed basically everything that he threw. Yeah. But I, I, yeah. I remember that being the most fun. I remember that was the sort of second most after, um, apart from uh, Mendes too. Mendes too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm on Frankie here. Frankie uh, wins it fairly clearly, and I know you're all in on Cerrone against Perry, and so am I, because that's a fucked up line. Yeah, plus two hundred. What the fuck? <laughs> Let me see the movement because I feel like where did it start? Cerrone started out at minus one thirty, which I think is a very reasonable way to cap them. Yeah. Also, and like he, I feel like it's one of these things where like I called Perry to beat Felder by decision. And I was just like, it's most logical. It's logical. I feel like sometimes the books get like a big upset like that, or get an upset like that, and just overcorrect. I mean, like, just like. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. After the Griffin fight and the Ponzi fight. But, I mean, it's, yeah, I think Perry, the boxers that have troubled Cerrone recently, and on 300, or not 300, 230, what the fuck? Yep. Uh, okay, let's see. Yeah, I think Brian Kelleher is the best bet on 230, to be honest. Uh, Derek Lewis, thank you very much. 
Derek Lewis KO one, but you know, let's I'm, I'm putting my entire net worth on the Derek parlay for that card. <laughs> parlaying Derek, um, yeah, I'm parlaying De- Derek KO one with Brian Kelleher and uh, fucking. I'm, I'm putting my house on that. Nah, the Brunson, Derek Brunson, Derek Lewis. That's all you need. <laughs> I, Brunson is an insane value for this one. I think it could Kelleher, Brunson, and then Lewis K. When it comes to yeah, that. I don't get people who are actually betting on Israel that line. I'm just like, I dog or pass there because, like, is there, what's Israel actually proven? I mean, it was a good, it, it, it was a good performance against um, what's his name, Tavares. But the two prior fights, he looked pretty mediocre, and I and also I feel it's his grappling looks so much better against Tavares, like three months after the fight before that. I just don't think it, I think he's probably just Tavares was just tired. I mean, that's one thing, but also the fact that at Williams, I would definitely pick Adesanya. Because I don't think distance closing is nearly good enough to deal with Adesanya's stuff. But on the other hand, I I wouldn't put plus 270 odds on Derek Brunson just into start and shooting a low single and climbing up on his hip. Yep. So there's the line on this just doesn't make that much sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. I just. Just yeah, Israel. I'm not hugely I'm not hugely enthusiastic about Israel because I feel like he doesn't hit very hard. And I think he's going to have an issue where he just he's going to go. He's also he's got a traffic um kind of like Bisping issue where he just like because you don't hit very hard and because you strike a lot, you're going to eventually walk into a lot of big shots. Yeah, that's fair. Just because you spend so much time bolt striking with bigger hitters, not because you're a worse striker, just because you know. It, if you go into where I'm not finished, you're going to be in position to get decapitated. Yeah, like Volkov. Exactly. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, he's winning the entire fight. And he just spent too long on, on the feet. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I think uh, better like Brunson plus like 140, I don't really think that like there's really no reason for the line to be but yeah, that's pretty much every all the odds that are out for the next three cards. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's a pretty fun stretch we have going forward. And yep. Yeah, yeah we'll be back cards. soon. Yeah, back soon. All right. Yeah, good. Um, thanks for um, listening. I guess. Adams. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. On you know. Everywhere I've spread this. And yep. I'll later. Yep. See ya. Bye.